The Last Word on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Ireland team has won only three Grand Slams in its history. 1948, 2009, 2018 has never been won in Dublin. The opportunity is there this Saturday against an England team travelling on the back of an absolute hammering by France in its last game at Twickenham last weekend. To discuss what's likely to happen, we're joined by Fergus McFadden, Liam Toland and Matt Williams. And Matt, I'm going to start with you and... I don't want to appear in any way negative rather than hopeful, but remember back to January 2019 when we started our Six Nations and we'd come on the back of hammering England at Twickenham to complete the Grand Slam of 2018. We'd beaten the All Blacks in Lansdowne Road in November and we were going in with this fantastic optimism into 2019. It was going to be a wonderful year. And the English came and they steamrollered us. A couple of dodgy refereeing decisions maybe as well, but everything went against us that we didn't expect. Does that give you any pause for a bit of thought and fear, Matt? Jeez, Matt, that's that's a terribly negative way of starting Patrick's day. I'm, 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 I'm crying here remembering that day. Uh, look, it, it, it was the beginning of a very bad year, wasn't it? We just have to say that. But I, I do think this is a completely different scenario and and for both teams not just for Ireland this is an England team that that are arriving here that are lost that they are deeply deeply lost their performance last week against France in uh in at Twickenham was one of the worst performances I've ever witnessed I can't actually remember I think I've got to go back to when Clive Woodward first took over and he brought a side to Australia in about eight, uh, about 97 and Australia put 50 on them at the at the Olympic Stadium one of the first events at the Olympic Stadium that's how far back you've got to go to see a, an English performance so bereft and this Irish side is a is different. They, they, they have a belief in this side. They're brilliantly coached. They're united. They're playing an incredible brand of rugby. They've overcome adversity. And, Matt, since then, they've beaten New Zealand in New Zealand. They've beaten South Africa. They've beaten Australia. They've beaten France. And they've got, went to Murrayfield and overcame some absolutely ridiculous uh, uh, circumstances where we, we saw uh, Josh Vanderfleer, the, the world rugby player, throwing the ball in the line out. You know, and they still won. They still dominated that second half. This is a very, very different scenario to a, to a side back then when Joe Smith and that side had done so well. But the difference was they believed they had all the answers. And once you do that in a professional sport, you're finished. This is a side that still believes it's growing, and they are growing. So, no, I, 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 um, I think I'll give hope <laughs> to us all, Matt. I don't disagree with anything you said, Matt, but you know, just have to sort of look at the possibilities of things going wrong. Fergus McFadden, because you look at the England team, and yes, there's a lot of players who wouldn't come within an ass's roar of getting on the Irish squad, but you have players like Manu Tuilagi, who's back six games against Ireland. He's won every one of them. They still have players, good players, Players like Freddie Stewart, Anthony Watson, Farrell at out half. You know, is there a reason to fear that one England cannot be as bad as they were last week against France, and secondly, that that actually almost became sort of like a freak result when the game got to a certain stage where it was beyond them. It was always inevitable that the score would ratchet up further. Yeah, well, I, I think that the, the likes of Watson and other players that you've referenced there, even even Atoje and, and and Sinclair, these guys. They've got a lot of experience and the rugby CVs are, are great, but they're not playing very good rugby. And on top of that, they're not 
playing as a cohesive team at all. Um, you know, initially, when Borthwick took over, I was interested just to see how they were going to start playing. And, and I don't think he's actually figured that out himself. So um, I would say they're going to go back to the basics coming over at the weekend. It's due to rain a little bit. And I could see Farrell picked a 10, Tulagi picked a 12, that they're, they're going to go to the air a lot and, and probably back their set piece. Historically, the last few years, their scrum is very good, to be fair, with Genge, Georgia and Sinclair. So that would be a, a key battle uh, for sure up front. Liam Toland, do you have any fears of this England team? Well, I, I do. I do. There's a couple of things that, that has me uh, with a bit more caution. And maybe because I'm, I've been asked the question third, I have to come up with something different. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there's six months to the World Rugby World Cup. Uh, England have five games left. They're playing Ireland, Wales, Wales, Ireland and Fiji. They're up against it. They're They're cornered. Even as bad as the game was uh, against France, we all agree France wiped them off the board. Their basics around the, the scrum and line was excellent. They spent an awful lot. In fact, they spent more time in the opposite in French 22 than uh, France did in, in England's 22. The key difference was how France manipulated space and their use of power and powering in through space. And we, we know how well the French 12 played Dante and the French back row was absolutely awesome. How England react when they get into the red zone, into that killing zone, uh, is going to be hugely important. This is not a pushover side. Um, there is definitely, if you think of Donald Rumsfeld and the unknown unknowns, there's a huge amount of unknowns in this. And uh, listening to you, Matt, it was definitely back to the future kind of a commentary. You were reflecting on wh- how England won in 2019 and broke Ireland's 12-match winning spree and that. This England side can do damage. Where they really lacked uh, against France and, and the previous fixtures was their breakdown is way too slow. The scrum half, who's, who was nominated as the, he won a Grand Slam as captain of the under-20s, he's an upcoming player. His kicking game is a bit too slow. Everything about England against France was too slow. If they can speed up the breakdown, all of a sudden, Tulagi, you mentioned him there, he becomes a, a rocket that can create serious problems. So there's a lot of unknown unknowns, but I... I still think Ireland are going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game by double figures. And can I suggest but, to you, Liam, that the difference between maybe this and 2019 is that Ireland were caught cold at the start of a new year, having not played together for a period of about six weeks, whereas this time there's a momentum developing. And certainly, even if last week wouldn't have been the best performance from a sort of a flair point of view, it might have been the most important performance when it comes to actually showing uh, a degree of... Well, what would be the right word for it? it well, certainly they showed that they were uh, rigorous in the way that they could deal with adversity. Yeah, and I think they've embraced it. And when you when you think of when you hear what the, the players were saying after the game about the halftime, how they just reveled, and the head coach Andy Farrell is obviously leading. like this guy Andy Farrell. I don't know him. I've met him once or twice. I certainly don't know him. But he's striking. He is just pure class and everything. And you think of previous uh, iterations in the Irish management when the bus would be slightly delayed, that would be a problem. When there was a certain issue on injuries, that would be a problem. This guy doesn't seem to have any problems. Uh, now, it's a little easier when you're winning matches. But they, the culture they're building up is multifaceted. They will be presented with challenges, particularly the side of the draw in the World Cup is brutal in comparison to England. England have a reasonably easy run to the semi-final. Ireland have a brutal run to the semi-final. So 
England could still outperform Ireland in the upcoming Rugby World Cup. So I am conscious of what England can pr- provide. But all the, the measures of cultures, like it takes years to build the type of culture that Andy Farrell has achieved in a few short seasons. So it's wonderful to see there's no problems. All of these learning curves that they've been exposed to is going to give muscle memory further down the track. The question is... Will you stop jumping ahead to the World Cup and deal with this Saturday? Surely that the focus has to be Grand Slam here and now. Absolutely, but it, it has to be based on performance. So in other words, this is a one-off game. So whether the Ireland perform or not winning is a huge, huge, hugely important. Whereas we can look back in recent games and see that there has been a building of performance and how the game is played. Gibson Park coming back at nine is a huge, huge addition because he keeps the pace going. Certain players, we obviously have been speaking of Caelan Darris and Josh Van Der Peer, but for me, someone like Andrew Porter has been off the charts, world class in everything he's doing. He had a couple of tough games, uh, this Six Nations, but he is just absolutely amazing. And you bring back Robbie Henshaw again, you bring back all the players. There's, it's a really exciting group of players. I'm going to the game, I'm delighted to play. It's an expensive seat to get, but I'm delighted to be there and I'm really looking forward to and how Ireland are playing and how they're handling the adversity of that as well. But I think it'd be foolish not to read into the statistics of the England-France game beyond the scoreboard and acknowledge that they did a lot of really good things and they were brutally beaten. If they can fix one of those two things, in particular the breakdown, in particular the English background were non-existent against France it would be very silly not to expect them to bounce back Fergus the word I was looking for earlier was resilience I think that's what the Irish team has showed during this Six Nations as well as showing the ability to outplay other teams but there has been a lot of talk about the difference between Andy Farrell now and Joe Smith. Is there perhaps been a little bit of unfair criticism been levelled at Joe Smith? Uh, or is it that the Irish team really needed something different in the way that people were treated to get the most out of them? Um, I don't think there's been life. The, the criticism I've seen of Joe Schmidt, maybe some of it has been, been harsh, but um, from my own experience, I mean, you know, Joe is the most you know, successful provincial and um, and international coach the country has ever seen. But the model, the winning model that that um, isn't that Ireland are now playing is is extremely different to Joe Schmidt's model. So if Joe Schmidt was still there, you know, you you, you have to agree that that they would not be as successful as they currently are because they have grown a huge amount. I think that you know this team seems to be able to adapt to you know adversity and, and that resilience that you just mentioned there is huge you know uh, 2015 we lose Sexton and Paul O'Connell and we get beaten well by the Argies you know that's only two positions whereas at the weekend we lost Dan Sheehan we lost uh, Ronan Keller two world class hookers um, then we had Josh van der Fleer throwing the ball into the line out and it was seamless you know it, I'm not sure what his percentage was I think we won all of the lineups that he, he that he threw in, which is phenomenal, really, at test level, um, to be able to produce that. And I think, you know, when those changes happen, this team so far, it seems like the people that step in, they just they just step up. And I don't know what Andy Farrell has done in the camp to, you know, instill that belief in all of the players, not just the 23 and the 15 that are always, um, that seem to be getting predominantly picked. But, um you know, it's a fantastic culture that he seems to have created and um, it, it really is a winning one. 
Yeah, Matt Williams, of course, we have no Tyg Byrne or Ian Henderson or Gary Ringrose available for this game. But yet last week, the resilience, somebody like Jack Conan coming off the bench and playing possibly his best game since he was on the Lions tour in 2021. How confident would you be that the 23 that are there available for Saturday are going to be more than good enough? Oh, very, very, Matt. On, on a couple of fronts, uh, if you look through teams that win Grand Slams, there's usually one game where they've really got a fight. Now, if we think back to 2018, let's remember Johnny Sexton did that incredible drop goal in the dying seconds in the rain from, I don't know, 48 metres out, roughly a long way out, and uh, that got them through to win a Grand Slam. Interestingly, against England on St. Patrick's Day at Twickenham, Ireland played the best but one of the best halves of football I've ever seen an Irish team play. Up there with the first half against France uh, and, and anything they produced on the New Zealand tour. So we, we've got to keep these things in order. So this team then showed last week how they could adapt. Uh, the US Special Forces say no plan uh, lasts past the first engagement with the enemy. So they obviously had a game plan and then it was shattered. And they adapted and they moved. They didn't just adapt so Sexton could drop a field goal or drop goal in the last moments. They adapted so well they dominated the second half, apart from (laughs) Keane Healy doing an air swing on a tap kick. But uh, apart from that, they were absolutely magnificent. Now, again, I'll I'll, I'll disagree with my old captain, uh, uh, Loom, there just a little bit. I I thought that, that... that England, and this is the second reason why this team will do it, there are so many areas that England have to get right. I know they've got good players, and I I acknowledge those. They have a lot of good players. They're just not playing well. But their kicking plan was atrocious. Their chasing game was atrocious. Their their back row were just anonymous. Their their, uh, ability to create attack. So in other words, their offensive systems, I can't tell you what they were doing apart from passing it to one other big person to run into the other people. And their absolute philosophy is lost. They are not going to get all those things right in seven days. There there will be a response simply because they've been humiliated. But they can't, they just don't have it in them to match this Irish team if this Irish team turn up. And why wouldn't you turn up for a Grand Slam on St. Patrick's Day weekend at home, Sexton's last Six Nations game? Why would you not turn up? This is an opportunity of a lifetime for this team. So I, I, I just... You know, and, and this, I think, Matt, this is a reflection on how far we've come. You talked about that terrible day in the first game of the Six Nations 2019. That's how far this, this group have come. They've beaten New Zealand in New Zealand on a three-game series. Up there with South Africa and Australia, the only other teams to do it over, over the last 60 years. So you, 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 this isn't a team that, oh, I hope, because so much of the past people would tell me, oh, I'm going to win because I hope they're going to win, and I didn't agree with it. I would talk it down. This is, this is now, I've got evidence here that I can look at and I can produce. This team will win on Saturday because they are better in every department than their opposition, not for any other reason. And Liam, I'm going to go back to another game, 2003. Remember the Grand Slam shootout between Ireland and England, which we had high hopes for, and the England team came and won by 42 points to six. Now, I'm not suggesting Ireland are going to win by that sort of level, but could it be that the Irish team going into this game resembles, in so many respects, the power of the English team back in 2003? Well, see, that's, that, that English team is an absolute animal of a difference between the one that's going to turn up this weekend. There's no doubt that Ireland are going to win this game. I'm just trying to find, figure out, well, how are England going to change the, the, the events from last weekend to this weekend? I think what's really interesting about the culture in this Irish side is that the team had been dominated by Johnny Sexton for a couple of seasons where it seemed that 
all the other players had to almost ask permission to do something before they did it. Now we see other players stepping up and it's a much more blended side. And if you compare the importance of, say, Finn Russell to Scotland, take him out of that and we'll see that this weekend, how the the team might not function. If you take Sexton out, yes, he's a world-class player and he's still one of the best out-halves in the world. But there's so many other players who've stepped up. In other words, the culture within the group is that there's players growing into those positions that are taking leadership and ownership. I think that this is a side that will bully England, but England will try and go back and go, what is Borthwick going to do? How did Borthwick with Leicester win the Premiership last year? It was a game plan that was based on slow rugby, kicking game, no counter-attack, and I'm not so sure a Borthwick team is fit enough to play at the pace that Ireland play. And one of the brilliant things about the Six Nations this time around is the amount of time the ball is in play. That suits Ireland, and it doesn't suit England. I'm going to leave it there on a positive note. Thank you very much, Liam Toland, Matt Williams and Fergus McFadden. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.